It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study welcome into the virtual bible study we're glad that you're with us tonight it is may 31st we're live we're ready to go and we're ready for your participation at nine three one three eight one four five six seven or over email at questions at collegeview.com. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is with me tonight. Dad, good to be back with you tonight. Jacob, it's good to have you back here with us in the studio and looking forward to the virtual Bible study tonight. That's right. I want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, collegeview.com. We're going to talk about an interesting subject tonight, Dad, and a subject of great importance, of great importance to those that we love we want to talk about parenting, Dad, and the biblical principles that are set forth for us on how to parent children. That's right. There, I think almost everybody has an opinion about parenting, about how to raise kids, what's the right way to do it, what's the best way to do it, what would be you know, certain guidelines or, or certain things that different ones prefer uh, in raising children. We want to talk about such things, but we especially want to talk about them from the biblical perspective because the Bible has a lot to say about how children should be raised. And and, it, and that's not in the realm of personal opinion, likes and dislikes. That's actually what God has said about it, and that's what we want to emphasize in our study tonight, Jacob. That's right. We're going to look at what the Bible says, not our personal opinions, Dad. There's, uh, there's some room for personal opinions on parenting, certainly. But uh, the Bible sets forth principles that need to be followed as we raise our children, and so we want to look at those tonight. Not look at personal opinions and personal preferences, but what the Bible says. That's right, and uh, we want to get input from uh, those who are listening. We hope that uh, you'll give us some input, things that you like or don't like, uh, things that you do or don't do when it comes to child rearing, things that you've seen that have worked and things that have failed and uh, we, we want to get into all of that, but I, I, probably the place that we should start is to simply emphasize the fact that if you are a parent, you have a God-given responsibility that cannot be neglected, and that if you do neglect it, you'll be neglecting it to your own spiritual peril, because God is going to hold parents responsible for for the training and teaching of their children. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 sets forth the principle where we read, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Lots of things that someone needs to provide for in caring for his own dad, but uh, the spiritual upbringing of children certainly is high on that list. Well, you know, the people of the world uh, emphasize the physical things. You know, they uh, they want their kids to have what they didn't have maybe when they were growing up, and they provide for them, you know. Uh, fine houses, and as they get older, they give them automobiles, and they have their computers and their video games and a TV in their own room. And a lot of that emphasis is placed upon material things, and that in itself is dangerous. But sadly, most parents in the world, at least, are neglecting the most important provision for their kids, and that is to teach them about God and to inform them about the will of God and to give them a, a spiritual understanding, to nurture them uh, in, in the inner man. And that is what's being neglected by the vast majority of parents in the world. If we assume, though, that that is isolated to those who are in the world, we are foolish and we are blind. Christians are making the same mistake, unfortunately, in which we focus on the material and the here and now without worrying about our children's spiritual well-being. Exactly right. A verse that's got to come into play when we're making uh, when we're discussing this subject is Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 where it says, "Ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord." Notice that's stated as a direct command, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's not you know, that's not uh, just sound advice or, you know, a, a, maybe a good idea, something that, you know, you might consider. 
That's a direct command by God. So parents, you're obligated. And especially if you're a Christian, you're listening tonight and you have children, you do not have an alternative. You do not have an option. You are absolutely obligated by God to bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. If you fail to do that, you're going to be held accountable for it. The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address you use is questions at collegeview.com. We're looking forward to your participation in the program tonight. Maybe you have a question about parenting, what the Bible says about a certain aspect of parenting, or maybe you have a comment and a suggestion that we all could benefit from hearing. We hope you'll join in on the discussion tonight by emailing us again at questions at collegeview.com or calling us on the phone at 931-381-4567. Phone line is open now, and we're standing by ready to take your call. Dad, it is important, you know, we look at uh, we look at Christians and we see some failures in those around us as they bring up their children. Their children uh, are brought up in a way where they don't have the faith that they need to make it through this life in a way that's pleasing to God. And uh, perhaps indication of some failure on parents' parts, perhaps not, but certainly things that we need to be concerned about, things that are important for us to discuss, to discuss tonight. We should, I think it's important to stress that, you know, children grow up and children are and ultimately will be free moral agents. I mean, they're going to make their own ultimate decision as to whether to serve God or not. But parents are obligated to give them the training and the and the instruction that will lead them to make that personal decision and commitment. We can talk more about that in the future, but parent, we're talking about the parent's job. We understand that a parent could do perhaps a, a, a decent job. There aren't any perfect parents, so there's nobody doing a perfect job of parenting. But parents could do a decent job of, of bringing up their children, and then their children, when they come of age and when they get to the point where they make a decision on their own, might make the wrong decision and go away from the Lord. And so we're not saying that parents would be held accountable in such cases necessarily. But unfortunately, I believe that there are a lot of parents who will be held accountable because they're not even trying to do the job that God has assigned them to do. And so parents need to understand the idea of accountability when it comes to raising their children. And we even have an example, Jacob, in the Old Testament of, of a fellow who was held accountable uh, because he didn't do a, a proper job and raising and disciplining his children yeah eli over in first samuel chapter three you know he had some children who were out of control and uh, perhaps dad even uh, children who were older than uh, we sometimes would think about being the responsibility of a parent but notice what it says about first sam about eli in first samuel three beginning of verse 12 in that day i will perform against eli all things which i have spoken concerning his house when i begin i will also make an end for i have told him that i will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Dad, there was a condemnation of Eli there because his sons were misbehaving. He didn't do anything about it. And the same condemnation is available for us as well if our children are misbehaving and we're not restraining them or constraining them and encouraging them to change their ways. I think that's right, and I think it's worth noting, as you said, Jacob, that his sons were older at that point. It wasn't that they were, you know... uh, adolescents or or uh, you know uh, teenagers or whatever they were older kids and and uh, not older kids they were even they were grown men by that point in time and god was holding eli accountable because he had not spoken out against their evils and so forth you know I, I, one of the things that i see happening a lot of times is the parents sort of give up when their kids reach adolescence or teenage years they sort of give up as though that they can't exercise any control over them any longer and and i would think that we should especially be paying attention to our young people in those very critical years because that's when they're reaching the point where they're going to begin making a decision, uh, a personal decision as to whether they're going to obey the Lord or not. And so uh, Eli, uh, that, that statement in, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 13, I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. That ought to be, that ought to be a, a, a passage that uh, is constantly in the minds of parents, because it goes to this matter of accountability. Parents, we will be held accountable for how we raise our children, and that needs to be stressed. The number again to call is nine three one three eight one four five six seven. The email address to use is questions at collegeview dot com. We're looking forward to your participation tonight as we talk about parenting and the responsibility that parents have to bring up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord.
You know, Jacob, I think one of the keys to to uh, parenting is the idea of, of being consistent. Um, and I think it's a breakdown that happens a lot of times with parents that they 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 say one thing at one time and then they say something else at another time. For instance, they might stress Christians might stress to their kids, well, we have to be faithful in attending the worship services. Yeah, we're going to go to, we're going to go to church every time the doors are open, so to speak. And and so they make that statement, but then they turn around and compromise it. Well, the kids got a school activity, you know, maybe a a, a ball game or a band trip or some other activity. It's oh, well, okay. We'll let you go to that this time. And and what happens is there's no consistency and 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 the kids learn from that pretty quickly and they see that compromise that their parents allow. And that, they really learned that lesson well. Paul warned about being inconsistent. Now, the, the context of 1 Corinthians 14 is not about parenting, but I think it applies here. Uh, it says, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 7, And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harp? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? Again, the context of that is not about parenting, but Paul was making a point. If 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 the, you don't, if you're not consistent, if you're not always giving the same message, uh, it, it's it's very harmful, and that's definitely true about parenting. We need to be consistent. We need to set the rules. We need to. Uh, establish the priorities, and we need to follow them. And unfortunately, in the world that we live in today, raising children, parents can send all kinds of mixed signals, Dad, and they do. We'll probably talk about some of those throughout the program tonight. We talk about the fact, well, kids, you've got to wear your shirt when you're outside playing, but if you're going swimming, it's all right to strip down into what you would not wear when you're uh, not doing those type of activities or Maybe we say you have to behave yourselves around those of the opposite sex, but when it comes time for the prom, that's okay. Or we say certain things are sinful and we shouldn't do them, but we'll gather around the television on Friday night together and we'll watch people doing those sinful activities and we'll laugh at it. All kinds of opportunities, Dad, for parents to give mixed signals. We've got to be careful about that. Got to be consistent, as you mentioned. The number again is 931-381-4567. Give us a call. Let us know your thoughts. Like I was saying earlier, there's not any perfect parents, but uh, the ones that I see that are being successful in raising their young people are the ones who are setting consistent rules and enforcing them, setting consistent priorities and pursuing them. In other words, because as I said earlier, I think kids learn compromise real well. I don't, for some reason, that's something that's easily absorbed, and they can they they see that they see the uh, if their parents are guilty of compromise and. They learn the lesson and imitate it. So we, we've got to be consistent. All right. Let's take a break, and when we get back, we'll continue the discussion. You know, Dad, one thing we might ask if any of our uh, listeners have children who are grown and raised, they have excellent opportunity to tell us some of the things that they've learned about raising children. And if they think that they made some mistakes, if they'd be willing to share those with others so they didn't make the same mistakes, or if they have some insight into some things that work and they're helpful Certainly an opportunity for that. Certainly some of our younger listeners would benefit from that discussion tonight. The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hi, I'm Jeremy Fralix. I'm a member of uh, College View Church of Christ here in Columbia, Tennessee, and I have a few words to say. Occasionally, we hear parents who say that they don't want to force religion on their children. These misguided folks think they're doing their kids a favor by letting them decide for themselves. They're afraid that there will be some resentment in their children later if religion had been crammed down their throats. If we may be absolutely blunt in response, that is one of the most ridiculous ideas anyone ever suggested. We force many things on our children. We insist that they bathe, brush their teeth, change their clothes, etc. We cram education down their throats by making them attend school regularly. We demand that they do their homework. We force them to eat good food, get adequate rest, and do other things that are important to their health and development. We do all of this because we know it is in their best interest, and we do it even when the kids don't like it. Why is it this such a common sense approach is neglected by parents who are determined to let the kids decide for themselves when it comes to religion? Dr. James Dobson writes, there's a critical period when certain kinds of instruction are easier in the life of children. 
There is a brief period during childhood when youngsters are vulnerable to religious training. Their concepts of right and wrong are formulated during this time, and their views of God begin to solidify. The opportunity of that period must be seized when it is available. The absence or misapplication of instruction through that prime time period may place a severe limitation on the depths of the child's later devotion to God. When parents withhold indoctrination from their small children, allowing them to decide for themselves, the adults are almost guaranteeing that the youngsters will decide in the negative. God's word has always taught us the truth on the subject. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22.6 Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13, and this is the Virtual Bible Study. Missed a recent Virtual Bible Study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. Talking about the podcast there, Dad. That's what I did last week. I was gone, and... Uh, Got to pick you guys up on the podcast and uh, appreciated what you did last week. Sounded good. Appreciated uh, Arthur and Mike for uh, filling in. We had a good discussion on marriage, divorce, and remarriage last week, and we really didn't thoroughly cover that subject. My guess is that probably uh, another program at some point in the future is probably deserved on that subject as well. But tonight I think we're talking about an important subject, and we want to get our listeners' input on the subject of parenting and when you talk about parenting, Jacob, you've got to talk about the need for discipline. Parents have to discipline. It's not a pleasant part of parenting. It's a part that most parents would rather not have to do. And probably because of that, it's a it's a part of parenting that is sadly neglected by a lot of parents. But the scriptures certainly teach us a lot about the need for discipline. In Proverbs chapter 23, for instance, verses 13 and 14 the wise man said, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shall deliver his soul from hell. And so it definitely teaches the, the, the idea of discipline and even uh, spanking or, or punishment of that sort. We've got an email that's come in from our friend Randy up in, in uh, Jackson, Missouri. And he writes, what should I say to my Christian friends who tell others that paddling by Christian parents is cruel and wrong? They insist that the Bible does not allow for paddling. They are in the process of raising six kids, and so far they've turned out to be very well behaved. Well, some parents, I suppose, are able to achieve that without paddling or spanking. Uh, Randy describes at least some that he knows with a large family where they've been able to do that without paddling. But to say that paddling by Christian parents is cruel and wrong just directly flies in the face of what the scriptures teach. In other words, how could it be wrong if the scripture actually teaches us to do it? Uh, I, I, I don't agree, and, and I, I'm like Randy. I've, I've known of a number of Christians who have argued that we should not be spanking our kids, and that they, I've, I've heard some who just basically who flatly said, "I won't spank my kids. I don't believe in it." To say that, I think, rejects what the Scriptures teaches about the need for it. Proverbs 13 verse 24 says, "He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes." passage there tells us, Dad, that if we don't correct our children when they need it, then we hate them. If we, if we don't give them the correction and the discipline that they need when they need it, we hate them. Now, maybe it is possible that a child doesn't need the, the rod sometimes, and we're definitely not hating our child if we don't beat him when he doesn't need it. But if he needs the correction and we don't give him the, the corporal punishment when they need it, then we're hating our children. Uh, and, and again, we're going against the direct advice of God, not, not advice, actually the direct command of God's word. In Hebrews chapter 12, beginning verse 6, there's a pretty straightforward statement along these lines. Hebrews 12, beginning verse 6, it says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chaste, uh, chastisement, for of all our partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For, for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it, nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. 
And so the Hebrew writer is making a point. Our physical fathers chastened us or punished us, spanked us when we needed it. And God deals with us that same way. In other words, God sends chastisement in our direction, too, uh, in order to perfect us, to make us more like we ought to be. And so Randy asked the question, what should I say to my Christian friends who tell others that paddling by Christian parents is cruel and wrong? I would have to tell them I don't agree, and I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches on the subject. Perhaps could tell them they're wrong and even cruel, Dad, to withhold the discipline from their children when it is needed. Uh, we're not talking about physical abuse, though, here, Dad. We definitely want to make that point. We're talking about corporal punishment, but not an abusive type of, of arrangement. Our behavior should model that of our Heavenly Father, Dad, towards our children. And our Heavenly Father's correction of us is in order to get us to uh, change our lives. Exactly right. There's plenty of passages. I think uh, the Proverbs has a lot to say on the idea of discipline. Proverbs 22:15. foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. In other words, a child is not going to be brought up the way he should be without such punishments because it's necessary to get that foolishness, childish foolishness out of the child. Exactly right. What do you think about uh, corporal punishment? What about spanking or paddling your children? Let us know your thoughts. The number you can use to call and let us know your thoughts is 931-381-4567 or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Surely our listeners have some thoughts about this, Dad. We'd be looking forward to hearing their, their yeah, comments. And if you don't paddle and don't believe in paddling, send us an email. Tell us why. Make your case. We'd be glad to, to hear from you. Um, Jacob, uh, Randy's email went on. There's a couple other things here we can deal with, but I, I do want us to, to get some input from our listeners on this on this uh, discipline and uh, spanking question. But Randy's email goes on to say, how do I approach Christian parents who don't seem to be doing a very good job raising their children? Paddle them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I, I suppose the, the simple answer to that question is, well, you're going to have to approach them like you would approach them about any other thing that they're neglecting in their in their duties toward God. They have a duty toward God to raise their children properly. If they're neglecting that, and not doing a good job, then they need to be addressed. You know, uh, they they need to, you have to speak to them. You have to bring it to their attention. Now, uh, it, it'd be like anything else. What if what if you know change the subject? Say you have a, a, a fellow Christian who is being negligent in attending the services, or maybe. Uh, or take it take it even something extreme you've got a, you've got a a brother in christ and and you've become aware of the fact that they're drinking alcohol or using drugs what do you do well it's not easy but you got to go to them and you got to try to help them with that trouble and so the case here of a christian parent who's not doing a good job they need our help we should speak to them Obviously, that's a very touchy subject because typically you can talk to people about anything but their kids. You talk about their kids, they'll get mad at you, but it needs to be done. Yeah, the instruction of Galatians 6, verse 1, I think is especially pertinent here because it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. This is a touchy subject, Dad, as you mentioned. So we're going to have to have meekness as we approach them. and We'll need wisdom as well. We need to pray for wisdom as we approach uh, a brother or sister who's failing in their responsibility as a parent. I think that's exactly right. And then one one follow-up here, one more question in Randy's email. He says, is it necessarily wrong for a Christian mother to work outside the home in order for them to have what I consider as luxuries? Of course, that's happening a lot in our world, a lot of two-income families. And sadly, I've, I've got to say sadly, you see that parents are neglecting the upbringing of their children in order to have what Randy refers to as luxuries, get that dual income and be able to buy newer cars, bigger houses, nicer vacations. And uh, kids, the upbringing of kids is suffering and our society is hurting because of that. Now, I'm, I'm not of the position. I don't take the position that it's necessarily wrong for a woman to work outside the home. But even if she works outside the home in uh, Titus chapter... Let me get the let me get the uh, reference here. Don't want to just say it and not have it in hand. Um, should know that by heart, Jacob. What is it? Titus chapter two. 
Oh, I don't know what you're looking for there. Uh, uh, yeah, Titus chapter 2 says that the younger women, verse 5, are to be discreet, chaste keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Titus 2, verse 5. I think if a woman works outside the home, she still has to be a keeper at home. She, she's got two jobs. You know, and the first one's more important than the second one. The, you, the, the job at home is more important than the second one outside the home. You know, the problem is that our, with our society, our prosperity has shifted up our standard of living. I saw an article recently that told about the standard of living back in the 70s here in America. Back in the time when people who are parents today were growing up, the standard of living in the 70s was the average family lived in a 1,200-square-foot home. They had one automobile, and uh, if a family today lived in a 1,200-square-foot, many families would say that they're incredibly cramped, can't afford to live in a 1,200-square-foot home. And if we had to get by on one car in a family today, Dad, certainly we would think that we were on the verge of poverty, having to deal with just living with just one car. So our prosperity has shifted our standard of living up to such a point where we believe that the mothers need to be out working at the expense of raising the children. Certainly a perilous situation and something that we need to be on guard against. It's materialism and covetousness many times, Dad, that causes mothers to work outside of the home. When we could survive on a single income, instead the mother decides to go outside the home so that they can have more material possessions. I, I may get some negative feedback for saying this, but it's been my experience through a number of years to watch families where they have had trouble with their kids when they got into the teenage years. Now, this I'm not stating it, uh, an absolute rule, but I'm saying there's a definite trend that when you find troubled teens, the parents are Christians, but the teens are in trouble, in real spiritual trouble, there's a high correlation. I'm not saying it's absolute, but there's a high correlation between kids in trouble and working moms. On the other hand, you find kids that are doing well, and there's a high correlation, not absolute, but there's a high correlation of stay-at-home moms. I think, I think that is so important. I try to t- teach young parents that it is so important for mom to be at home. Uh, I just don't think it can be overstated. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to establish any rules or lay down any laws that the Scriptures don't lay down. But I'm telling you that if you just look around, you're going to see that that is the case. And again, it's not absolute. There are exceptions on both sides. But the general rule is if you find troubled teens, you, you very often see that correlation to working moms. Uh, we need to we need to be aware of that. And, Dad, we've got to be careful that we're not binding our judgments on other people. There's a judgment here and what's most appropriate. And as far as the family finances, that no one else is privy to that information. So we're not binding our judgment on anyone else. We're just stating principles that we need to make sure that we live by as we make our decisions. But, I, but and I think you're exactly right. And that's that we got to we got to state that that way exactly, Jacob. But uh, 20 years from now, after the kids are are raised and gone from home, if they turn out not to be faithful Christians, I think there'll be a lot of parents who will be heartbroken and wish that they had made some other choices when they could have. And so now's the time to be thinking about that. If you've got kids at home, now's the time, not later, to be thinking about these priorities. All right. Time for another break. We have some more emails we want to get to. We're looking forward to your email, joining in on the discussion. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com or give us a call at 931-381-4567. Perhaps you disagree with something we've said so far. Maybe you agree. Let us know your thoughts. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the Virtual Bible Study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. Hi, my name is Hunter. I'm 11 years old, and I love listening to the Virtual Bible Study. 
For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study. We fell asleep on the job there. We're uh, talking about uh, parenting tonight, and we look forward to your participation. The number to call is 931-381-4567. Why don't you call us and let us know your thoughts about raising children, or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Now we're talking about children who have eternal souls, and therefore the opportunity and the responsibility of parents is a great one and one definitely worthy of our discussion tonight. I think so. We've got an email from Wade in Mount Pleasant, uh, Tennessee. Wade, we're glad you're listening tonight. He says, I think Jacob hinted upon this uh, a while ago when he quoted Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Discipline without training is fruitless. We must be willing to train our children. When we say, Johnny, pick up that piece of paper, are we willing to get up out of our chairs and discipline, or are we lazy and sit and tell them over and over again until we get mad and then we spank them? We should train our children without getting mad. I'd have to agree with what Wade says there, Jacob. I think it is true. I mean, we're not spanking our kids. We were talking about spanking, and, and I think the Scriptures definitely teach it, but we're not spanking them just to be spanking them. We're trying to we, – we're using that discipline as a part of the training process uh, and and uh, so we've got to do the training, not just the spanking, but the spanking is only a tool in the greater discipline process. All right, I agree. We've got to uh, make sure that uh, we're active. Dad, I think it's a it's more than a full time job uh, to to train the children uh, in such a way that they they understand uh, how they should be behaving. You know, we might comment there on that verse that Wade brought up, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Uh, that, that verse has caused some controversy in the past because people have taken that proverb to, to mean that if a child ever departs from the Lord, in other words, if a child ever does, it goes away and lives a worldly life rather than a godly life, that it, always necessarily proves that the parent didn't do his job properly. Um, now, we're talking about parenting. We're talking about the fact that parents have got to do their job properly. But having said that, we also have to acknowledge that children are free moral agents and they will make their own decision finally as to whether to serve the Lord or not. Our training is crucial to them making a good decision, but they may still, even with the, all the right training, make the wrong decision. This proverb is exactly that. It's a proverb. It's a generally true statement. It is generally true that if you train up a child in the way he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. That is generally true, but they there are and may be exceptions to that statement. I, in, in the margin of my Bible there, Jacob, at Proverbs twenty two sixteen, to show that Proverbs are exactly that, Proverbs, generally true statements, um, I've, I've noted Proverbs 18.22. Proverbs 18.22 says, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Well, that's generally true. It is generally true that a wife is a good thing. But I've known some cases where fellas found a bad wife, and, and she was not a blessing. And so uh, I think Proverbs, in, in, in a, maybe a humorous way, Proverbs 18.22 proves the reality of Proverbs, that they're generally true but not true without exception. Uh, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. That's generally true, and it ought to be a, a principle that we live by. Thank you for your comments tonight, Wade, and thank you for listening. We're glad to have you on the virtual Bible study tonight. Looking forward to your discussion, your questions, or what, what we said so far about any subject related to parenting. 931-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Jay, we've got an email from uh, Jill in uh, here in Columbia, Tennessee, who writes, I truly believe that we have so much trouble with our children because we have let the world into our lives. Uh, both parents of most families work today and have no idea what their children are even doing. Uh, I say these things as a Christian, a mother, and as a former class teacher of a congregation. Um, 
so she she's joining in there on Jacob with us on the question of working moms and that is a problem i think i think parents have got to at least be aware and and take all that into consideration she goes on to say we as parents are so afraid to make our children different that we break our backs to make sure they aren't I think many Christian parents would be surprised to find out that the Lord tells us to be different from the world. We've got to stop letting our children dance, dress immodestly, mix, swim, etc. As parents, we need to realize that we have to spend time with them. The Bible says, teach them when you rise up in the morning, as you walk along, etc. How can we do that if we aren't with our children when they get up or walk along life's way? I had a Christian mother say to me about her high school daughter being in band, they just have to sell their souls to the band. I wonder if that mother realizes what she was saying. I'm afraid she doesn't, for we have lost both the mother and daughter since then. Parents need to stop being afraid of their children and be the grown-ups again. So many parents don't want to spank their children. They say it doesn't work anyway. The kids just laugh. Uh, I in no way uphold abusive parents, but the parents who are withholding spanking as a form of discipline are abusing them too. Not to mention that when society has... Not to mention that then society has to suffer because of that child... I realize there's no easy answer, but it may be time, but maybe it is time we need to stop looking for the easy way. Parenting, I'd have to agree with with the comments here, and I agree wholeheartedly that parenting is not an easy job for anyone. Anybody who says that it is is wrong. Um, you know, there where she said uh, parents don't want to spank their kids, they say it doesn't work, the kids just laugh. Uh there's something wrong with that spank. If you if if the kids can laugh at the end of a spanking, it hasn't been administered effectively. Maybe we need just some simple uh, uh, lessons in how to administer a proper spanking. Yeah. Again, it's, we're we're not we're not advocating child abuse here in any way. But those who say it doesn't work, who say corporal punishment spanking doesn't work, are saying that the Bible is wrong. And I'm just not going to go there. I'm, I'm just not going to put myself in the position of saying the Bible is wrong. The Bible's right about everything, and it's right about spanking. It's a necessary part of child discipline. Um, and, and I like what she says about the fact that we're worried that our children are going to be weird or going to be different. If we can't teach them when they're young that they've got to be different, how are we going to expect it when they're old and when the peer pressure becomes even greater? How are we going to expect uh, them to be willing to be different when they haven't been different all of their lives. We've got to instill the fact in them that God is, demands us to be different than those around us, and we're going to have to be viewed as weird at times. And uh, we're, our children need to understand that from an early age. That's right. You know, Jesus uh, taught that we cannot be ashamed of our convictions, of what we believe and, and who we are, the children of God. In uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 26, he said, Whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're maybe, the problem may be that the parents are ashamed of the stand that they supposedly have taken. And therefore, they are ashamed to let their children take that stand and show it in a, in a wicked world. But Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me now, I'll be ashamed of you later. We got to be careful about that. And I, I think she's right when, you know, she talks about the fact that we've let the world uh, be a, a, a controlling or dictating influence in how our kids are raised. Well, think about that. You want your kids to be like the world? Look where the world is going. Look where the kids of this world are going. Look at the things that they're involved in. You want your kids to be involved in those things? We've got to really think about that. Thank you for your comments tonight, Jill. Thank you for participating in the virtual Bible study tonight. Again, the number is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. What are your thoughts? We're looking forward to your participation on the virtual Bible study tonight. Got an email from... Don, who writes, amen a thousand times to your statement concerning the need for mothers to stay home with their kids. A definition of parenting is raising and educating a child from birth to adult. How can parents fulfill that role when daycares are doing most of the raising? Also, don't you think churches should be encouraging parents to spend time with their kids instead of making it convenient for poking their kids off on the church through programs like youth groups and Mother's Day Out. And so so I, I think I'd have to agree on all points with Don here. You know, some of the churches are even 
and I, they, they don't have any authority for it. We could get off onto the question of what's the church authorized to be doing, but churches don't have any authority to be in the child, uh, you know, in, in the daycare business. Where's, where's the authority for a church to be running a daycare, but they're doing it and they're actually contributing the problem of parents not spending the time with their kids to raise them properly. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, even with the youth group idea is that you give your kids to this group, you let uh, let someone else, maybe uh, some kids who are a little bit older, take them off on a group uh, to do something that's fun away from the parents. And certainly, as Don mentions there, that would be uh, an opportunity that we wouldn't have as parents to be there to encourage our children or to correct them when they need it. Certainly removes us from the opportunity to be the parents that we need to be. Appreciate you listening tonight, Don. Appreciate your comment on the virtual Bible study. We'd like to get some input from somebody who, may, I mean, Don and Jill there, we just read from, agreed with the conclusions that we were making, but there's surely somebody listening who doesn't. So, you know, if if you think that it's more beneficial uh, to have parents working, both working, uh, and I can't imagine how you justify that, but if you can, send us an email or Give us a phone call. We'd love to hear from you. Again, 931-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. This is a listener participation program. We'll all benefit from your questions or your comments on the program tonight. As we talk about raising our children, we've talked about discipline, Dad. We've talked about consistency. We've got to make sure as we raise our children, Dad, that we realize the ultimate goal is to help them develop a faith that will help them throughout the entirety of their lives Our children need faith. We need to help them develop that faith so they will have it as a foundation of their life throughout their life to come. I think that's exactly right. I mean, and and you said earlier, Jacob, that we have to do this when there's a window of opportunity. Um, You know, initially, our kids do what they do because we we are the influence. In other words, they're commitment is based upon our commitment and so they do their spiritual things because we're dictating that we're we're telling them what to do and when but over time that has our our controlling influence diminishes and theirs takes over their own personal commitment level takes over and we've got to help our kids to develop a personal commitment to the lord i i think that uh you know this needs to be a a prime objective in parenting is to help our kids to ultimately have a personal commitment to doing what's right for the lord uh, uh, several things are involved in that one of them is simply giving them the basic facts helping them to know what they're supposed to believe and why they should believe it that way you know it, it's not going to be good enough uh, when, when they've come of a full age uh, for them to say, well, I believe this because my mom and dad always believed this. That's what my mom and dad always taught me. That's not good enough. And unfortunately, a lot of people in the religious world do their religious things because that's the way their mom and dad always did. We've got to ta- teach them what to believe and why to believe it so that they can do what First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. You know, we don't really have to understand why we believe something when our parents are the ones who are directing our behaviors and our actions. When we're at home and uh, as children, we are practicing certain things religiously. We don't really have to understand why we're going to do it because that's what our parents are forcing upon us, Dad. But we can think back to that time when we left home and when other children our age left home and we saw the result of children not understanding why they believe the things they believe when they get off to college, when they get out in the world, and then their faith is shattered because they were challenged and they just didn't know why, and so therefore the faith just vanished because they uh, didn't have a foundation that they should have, and that definitely has to fall back on the parents to some extent for not helping their children have that foundation of understanding what they believe and why they believe it. I think that's exactly right. And then, of course, when they have come to that point of belief, then we've got to help them based upon on knowing the right things and understanding why. Then then based upon those things, we've got to get them to, to have the right priorities about what they're thinking, how they're talking, where they go, how they dress, uh, um, you know, and so forth. 
uh, and and we got to get them to the point of when there's a when there's a conflict, a scheduled conflict with pride. In other words, it may be a priority for a kid to play sports, uh, but they also have this priority to serve the Lord. And so we got to help them. I, I mean, I think it's especially important to help them when they meet a conflict of priorities. They want to do both things. You obviously can't do both things. You can't be uh, in two places at the same time. And so we got to help them to to deal with those kind of priority conflicts and and help them always keep God first. Now, we were saying earlier, if we compromise and if we let them compromise, uh, they learn that lesson real quick. Certainly compromise is something we've got to be careful about. Again, we've got to be consistent, and our children will see our consistency. We're going to take our last break, and uh, we've got several emails to get to. We want to take your email as well, questions at collegeu.com. We'd also like to take your phone call. Send us an email or give us a call at 931-381-4567. We'll take it to the top of the hour when we get back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd, but don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. You just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College U Church of Christ. I'm Troy Smith, and now I'm 13 years old. I'm Mike Smith. I'm Troy's dad, and we love to listen to the virtual Bible study every Thursday night. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. We're going to the happy hour. We want to take your questions or comments via email or over the phone. Join in on the discussion now. We've got plenty of time to take your question or comment. Dad, we talked about priorities, and you talked about uh, priority of the assembly, but certainly it goes much deeper than that. Our priorities throughout our lives say something to our children. We need to help them establish the same priorities. You know, we've seen parents who were very set on obtaining more things materially, and that was what they thought about constantly. That's what they talked about constantly, and we've we've seen that rub off on their children as well, Dad. And so we've got to be careful about all aspects of our lives to make sure that we're setting the right priorities in our lives and that that is reflected in the lives of our children as well. In uh, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, we, we read, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, the, the, the principle is taught there that the way that we think will be demonstrated in the way that we live, and the way that we think and live will be demonstrated in the lives of our children as well. We've got to make sure that we have the right priorities throughout every aspect of our life. Exactly right. Got some emails coming in, Jake. We need to get to uh, our, our friend Jack down in Georgia writes, uh, the, we are letting the world dictate how we raise our children. Whatever the world says, we follow too closely. Teachers and administrators tell us how we should train and discipline our children. Discipline has been taken out of the school, and now they want us to take it out of the home. What is a parent to do? Take back the home. Take back the God-given authority parents should have. And then he mentions PBS has taken this no-disciplined stance as well as other parenting magazines. Uh, then he goes on to comment about women working outside the home. He says, again, the world has made it difficult for, mother, for the mother to stay at home. Besides the allurement of worldly goods, there is the issue of higher cost of living, gas prices and everything going up. It is hard for a man to carry the home by himself. It is quite different than it was 50 years ago. So much economic upheaval has women looking at employment outside the home as the only answer. Many husbands do not have the problem letting their wives take on this burden. It's not as easy to make these decisions as many would think. I agree with Jack that there's a lot of things to be taken in consideration. And I I think you were emphasizing, uh, Jacob, that, you know, we're not trying to establish the law where God hasn't or to bind our opinions in that matter. But having said that, and I think Jack would agree with this statement, it would be better to live at a lower standard of living. Uh, as gas prices go up, to leave the car parked in the garage, to not take that trip, to not make that extra uh, uh, drive to, to, to uh, the mall or to Walmart, it'd be better 
to cut back, to do with a lower budget, if it meant that our kids were getting what they needed. It'd be better for us to do without some of the things that that second income can afford if it meant doing the right thing for our kids. And and I'm just afraid that there's just too many parents who are not seriously considering that. It's just, it's almost become a given that women should work, that moms should work. And a lot of parents are not even considering the option of mom staying at home. And I think that option needs to be considered. You know, that's also not to, to put all the burden of responsibility on the women here on the mothers. The fathers also have a part to play in this as well. Sometimes women are forced to make the decision of whether or not to leave the home for employment because the men simply, Dad, aren't ambitious enough to provide for their families as they should, and the men need to uh, perhaps work harder to prevent the wife from having to be working outside the home. Yeah. Got another email, a follow-up from Wade in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee. He says, I realize that spanking can be abusive. However, we can use this tool to bring our children into subjection. We spank our children because we love them. My dad would only spank me when he was mad, and then he grabbed me, and we went around in a circle with his belt. I have learned that spankings don't have to be that way. We have to learn to discipline ourselves and make spankings more of a training technique than a, quote, beat the child into submission, unquote. I certainly don't want to damage my child, but I do want them to understand that certain behavior will be rewarded with negative reactions from me. As with any negative reactions, they will eventually learn not to do those behaviors. We know that in the real world, we suffer penalties if we break the law. We can't let our children down. We need to teach them to respect authority so that when they get older, they're not constantly challenging authority, by, but respecting as the Bible demands. I, I think that Wade's right there, that proper discipline is, one of the outcomes of proper discipline is that children learn to respect authority which is a necessary thing i think that's one of the lessons that we've got to be teaching our kids and if we're not doing that we're not doing our job thank you wade and thank you jack for listening tonight and for your comments we appreciate your participation got an email from keith uh, who writes in and says we sometimes have problems with our kids at church when they start acting up we correct them sometimes we even have to leave the meeting room to correct them further Most of the time, we get all kinds of looks, which makes us feel as if we're doing something wrong by correcting them so much. Are we doing something wrong, or are we okay? And should we just ignore what uh, uh, when others stare? Uh, Well, I think I I think that as the world becomes more and more uh, conditioned by the by the liberals in our culture. And the liberals are saying, don't discipline your children, you know, uh, certainly don't spank them because that's that's a potentially damaging thing to your kid. You definitely wouldn't ever want to spank them as as even people, uh, even religious people are buying into that philosophy. Uh, they're going to be more and more people staring. But if you if you're committed to do your job, and that includes spanking when it's deserved. Now, again, some I think I've known cases of parents who went overboard and 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 maybe were not disciplining appropriately. But if you're disciplining appropriately, you probably are going to get some some stares, people looking at you. And I think you do just have to ignore that and do what you know is right. Uh, and and you've got the Bible to back you up on that. Thank you, Keith, for uh, concern for, that you have for your children and your desire to correct them. We appreciate that and appreciate your participation in the virtual Bible study tonight. Plenty of time to take your questions or comments. Send them in or give us a call. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the virtual Bible study tonight. You know, Jacob, uh, in that email that uh, uh, Wade, we just read from Wade, he mentions teaching our kids to be submissive to authority. And, you know, that is an important thing that we need to teach our kids to ha- to have a submissive heart uh, and, and even have a servant's heart. Submission really is, is fundamental in every relationship, and God commands it. Uh, we're to be submissive to government, 1 Peter 2, uh, verses 13 and 14. We're to be submissive to, for instance, our, jo- our, bo- our boss on the job, 1 Peter 2, 18. In families, uh, submission is taught, Colossians 3:18 and 20. In the church, we're to submit to the elders and their leadership in the church. 
Uh, and so submission is important and it's important. Submission to authority is important and kids learn that first and foremost in the home as they learn the authority of parents and the necessity of submitting to the authority of parents. You know, Dad, this is really drives home the point that we're talking about here. The way that we raise our children has implications on their life beyond uh, their, their entire life, the ways that we raise them when they're young. You know, this idea of submission, failing to teach our children submission about simple little things in the home when they're children can have implications on their job, in their families, in their relationship to the government. In every aspect of their life, they can be uh, unsubmissive and uh, pay the consequences as a result of our failing to teach them that at a young age. I think that's exactly right. And, and, and as we're teaching submission, I think we're also teaching the idea that you, know, you, you think about others. It's not all about you. You're not, you know, it's, you know. I think one of the real problems of our modern culture is that we're so self-centered and such, we have such a selfish outlook on life. Um, uh, and, and the Lord would have us to be otherwise in Philippians chapter two, uh, verse three beginning. He says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, we, as we teach our children discipline and a submissive spirit to respect authority, we're also teaching them that, you know, they should think of others and not just think of themselves. Exactly right. We have a few more minutes. Why don't you join in on the discussion if you have any questions or comments about what we're talking about on the program tonight, Dad. We've got to be servants. Children need to see us in our lives. So we talked about, you know, the fact throughout our discussion tonight that our children are learning from our example. And this is a def- another area where they're going to see our example. If we assume the roles and the submission that God has placed upon us, our children will see that and they will learn their roles in society as well. And a lot of people, a lot of adults don't understand their requirement to be submissive. And as a result, their children are failing to be submissive as well. Uh, Jack back in Georgia is right in the back and he's, and he's reminded me of, uh, he, he knew me when I was raising some of my kids and he, he talked about some of the discipline that he saw us administer. I won't read all that, but thanks for the email, Jack. We appreciate that. Um, you know, one of the things we should mention here, we just got a minute, Jacob, but one of the things that we should mention is, uh, we, we live in a different age and, and parents today are faced with some challenges that parents before in the whole history of the world have never had to deal with. And I'm thinking especially about some of the dangers that the media is presenting. You think about the television, you think about radio and music, you think about the internet in particular. I mean, here we are on the Internet, and we're having a Bible study, which is a good thing, but I'm telling you there's an awful lot of bad stuff out there on the Internet, and we have known of kids who have been harmed by that. And so parents are facing some challenges in the modern day that no parent ever before in the history of the world has had to deal with. And they, and we got I think parents really got to be aware and really watching out for the dangers that are being pushed toward their kids uh, by the modern media. You know, the devil is out in the world, Dad, as a roaring lion, and he's looking for souls. He doesn't care about the age of the soul. He doesn't care if the soul is an old adult close to death or if the soul is a young child. And our children, Dad, need our help in defense against that roaring lion, the devil. And we've got to make sure that we're doing all that we can to protect them from the evil that he wants to put on them. It's a real dangerous world, and if we're not, uh, as parents, if we're not aware of it and don't pay attention to it, our kids are going to get hurt. And so parents need to be, I mean, it's a 24-7 job, 365, and you're going to have, you never get done. I I remember several years ago, Jacob, reading uh, an interview with a woman who was past 100 years old, and they were interviewing her. And I remember in the interview, she expressed certain concerns about her daughter, and she wasn't sure her daughter was really going to turn out. 
Well, the daughter was like 78 years old and the mother was still worried about her. And I think that just points out the fact that we'll never feel like we've completely got the job done of raising our kids. But it's an important job. It has to be done right. And we didn't get the job done tonight on our discussion. We could have gone much longer talking about the responsibilities of a parent. But hopefully the things we said tonight have sparked some thought, Dad, and maybe serve as some future discussion on the important role of being a parent to our children. We've had a, I think it is important, Jacob, and I hope we've said some things that, that will help and encourage. We appreciate you joining the discussion tonight. We hope that you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study, and we hope you'll invite a friend to join us on the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.